This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash into the portal. Hello, and welcome back into the portal. I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Andrew McKay. And welcome back, everyone, to Ooh. another Film Friday episode. Yes. Stoked on this movie. Yes, we're really excited. We're continuing on with our horror theme. Yes. And we have got The Ritual. The Ritual. On topic today. Yeah, this was, um, we, well, we came across it ourselves on Netflix, but it was suggested by quite a few other people too. Yes. I didn't know what to expect from this movie. Just looking at the, uh, you know, the poster and the, the watching the trailer, I wasn't quite sure what to get out of it. I freaking loved it. Yes. So we're going to get into that movie tonight. We really did. First of all, though, before we dive into that, um, just wanted to say thank you for everyone's feedback. Definitely. It's been amazing. Uh, very positive. People seem to like movies. <laughs> That's obvious. People seem to like think they seem to like us doing movies. Yeah, which is really positive. It's really cool because like, honestly, this is just a natural progression, right? From everything that we've sort of started off with in the show. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited just to add this on as another another totally. factor it's always tied like whenever we watch films like they inspire the regular show but it's also like yeah there's always things that come up where like hey like that that's like something from the homunculus episode way back or like totally. hey that's from that or whatever so there's always so much overlap it's fun it's great it's really cool yeah this may uh, sound a little echoey to you guys uh, because we are once again outside of our regular uh, podcast nest um, yes. out in the uh, in the kootenays of british columbia but uh, a little echoey room but uh, hopefully the sound's still okay. Yeah. Back yeah. in the cabin. Back in the cabin. Life's <laughs> tough. It's so tough. <laughs> so where did you want to start off with um, discussing this film? Definitely wanted to give the rundown. Uh, so this film was actually produced in 2017, released. Super and new. Uh, the director was David Brockner. Uh, screenplay was by Joe Barton. Good on you, Joe. Yeah. You did good. You did good. Um, yeah. So basic plot rundown. It's very simple. And honestly, the more simple... Well, Actually, no, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say the simpler, the better, but sometimes I really like the complicated little bits. Totally. But anyways, yeah, basic plot outline, five old friends from university meet up, um, go out for drinks one night at a pub or catching up, all this stuff. Things go terribly awry when uh, the main character ends up entering a convenience store with Rob. Um, so Rob becomes a pivotal factor in this film. He's basically the linchpin for everything that follows, right? Pretty much. And essentially what happens is he's violently assaulted and ends up dying um, before, right in front of his friend, Luke, right. who ends up being ridden with guilt the entire rest of the movie. Um, and we'll talk about that because we both have thoughts on that. Exactly. But, uh, and a huge, obviously, um, turning point for the film as well, as far as the action goes, is the discussion that night because they're all talking about going on a trip together right for for robert's um stag by all accounts or or something along those lines is what it seemed like oh i no he was already married okay or was it really (laughs) stag that's why he he called it a lad's night he's like oh like i'm not gonna plan a lad's night and have like a brunch 
maybe it was just like a fun get get together and they just called it a lads night i've just heard uh people from a the uk lads? call a lads night like almost like a stag like plan like a boys like i don't even know it's it just well a stag doesn't necessarily mean someone's getting married like you can I have a stag not. night where like you know it's just like ladies night i guess stag night ladies night whatever i've i haven't been so privileged so <laughs> <laughs> And so the film ends up following um, the four remaining friends uh, along their journey in remembrance of Rob. And they end up journeying to um, this particular Scandinavian mountain range. Where yeah, between he, Sweden and Norway. Exactly. He wanted to go there f- to kind of test himself. He was he was wanting adventure, this Rob character. Mm-hmm. And so just, yeah, to remember his, his name and his honor, they end up going there, even though not all members of the group want to. <laughs> yeah. So that's an interesting juxtaposition, hey? Yeah, and I really liked how they jumped right into that. So it wasn't like a million hours of character development, um, even though that can be important depending on what type of film it is. But I felt like they jumped right in first scene, they're sitting at the pub, then they went, it got right into like the the, the, the serious you know stuff that happens with Robert being murdered. And then next thing they're on the trip. And it's like this really mm-hmm. quick evolution. I feel like for some people that might throw them off, but I but, liked that. I liked that. And the way it was shown, the scenes themselves did a really good job. And obviously the actors did a really good job of conveying their character early on. I feel like that was structured really well and you get the essence of each character almost instantly. There are a few that are weaker, I would say, in the crew, but they're also, I feel like everyone is mostly necessary to the film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that was very effective because you get... Yeah, a lot of action. You get um, the scene is established. Obviously, they're all having a great time. They're all friends. You can see the camaraderie, mm-hmm. and they do a good job of that. And then they do a good job of the opposite, right? When things start to turn, yeah, and, definitely. And human drama inevitably gets in the way. Um, but yeah, so essentially, okay. What was something that you loved about this film? Okay, I mean. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's a juicy loaded question. It is. I, sorry. I really, okay. Like I just said, like, I really liked how this film didn't dick around. They jumped right into, um, you were invested in it right away. There Mm -hmm. wasn't like a half an hour of like this, you know, preamble build up. Oh, they're hiking. Oh, oh, they make it through their first night and everything's fine. And they're still not whatever. I just loved how all of a sudden it was literally, it's 10 minutes into the movie. And then they're making the decision after, uh, the character Dom sprains his knee there's always got to be a weak link in these movies, right? Uh, and they have to, well, they don't have to. They make that choice to divert their path and go into the woods. I loved how that happened right away. Mm-hmm. Like, we're right off the bat, we're we're into this, and we're like, this is going somewhere not so good. You know what I mean? Like Definitely. Mm-hmm. And then they start to enter the woods, and they, the expressions on Luke's face, he is skeptical of it right from the beginning. It's almost like he knew... He knew something terrible was going to happen. That scene, the one where he exactly, like um, him, Luke, and Hutch or Hodge, however you want to pronounce that, they kind of walk away from the other two, right? And um, Hodge kind of makes a comment. He's like, we're going to cut through the woods. As if he's already made the decision. And then Luke looks at the woods. And honestly, that shot was so effective. It honestly, the trees look like they're gazing back at the viewer as if they're alive, as if they're like breathing or anticipating something, you know? Yeah. And so I thought that worked really well. I, I really enjoyed the cinematography. I thought... The way that the mountains were shot, um, everything down to even the blades of grass blowing in the in the constant breeze. It's yeah. like these. Uh, it was a gorgeous landscape that they. 
where, where, yeah, no, desolate, but beautiful. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they enter those woods, hey, you almost feel, because we haven't even got to the creature yet, but you almost feel the essence of that monster in the trees themselves. There's several shots, like there's one in particular that I'm picturing in my head where they have entered the woods. It's their, it's the first day. They haven't even spent a night in the woods yet. And all you see is trees at first and they're bare. It's like bare wood with like tons of like dead twigs poking out. So all you see is wood. There's no foliage. There's no nothing. No. And then you get like, it's almost like an optical illusion where you're not sure how far of a distance it is because they're so far back. Like, right. or, sorry. And they're so close together, the trees yeah. that it's like, it's, it's suffocating. And then you get this glimmer of a darkness and you honestly, like I thought it was the creature and then it ends up just being the hikers walking slowly towards the right. camera. And then they actually end up, you know, having gone back and watched it a second time, that exact shot that you're describing right there comes up a few other times throughout the film. So there's like, when you first get a tiny little snippet of the creature, that's that same shot yeah. where it's like... Through the trees so from like, a distance. And, and, and they trick you, like you just said. So like that first mm-hmm. one, they trick you. It's like, you think you're going to see something, the, something mm-hmm. but then it's just them coming towards more of the nothingness that they'll never escape from, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, the impending And of course, they make that comment right when they enter the woods where it's like, it's really quiet in here. And Too anyone quiet. who's like gone hiking like knows obviously the woods is really quiet, the trees muffle sound, mm-hmm. but the trees that they were, they were walking amongst didn't have foliage on them, like low down. No. And there was not an animal in sight. No birds, no, no squirrels, birds. no bugs, no nothing. Yeah. No chirp, no little snap of a twig from a deer yeah. nearby or so anything. So that's super duper ominous. Very ominous. I think the other point I should make too, like just in terms of, I mean, we'll come back, I guess, to like favorite things about the movie, but yeah. the fact that we had no idea first time around watching this, and of course, you guys already all know, spoilers abound, this is this is for people who have seen the movie, <laughs> um, we of course didn't know that there was a creature. Like I went into this movie expecting it to be witchcraft, occult. They wander into something where they're taken into like a coven and sacrificed or something. Yeah. This movie threw me off with that, That's which I was, which was great. That's, well, but isn't the creature actually depicted on? Well, that's just the a, film. I, not on the Netflix, like on the on the on film the poster? poster or whatever you want to call it on Netflix. It's just them. It's just this. It's just the the uh, like a shot of them walking oh, into the woods. Okay. And then the title, the ritual, just implies like occult magic. You know what I mean? Like that you'll be sacrificed for something. Exactly. And they do really set it up that way in the beginning with the symbols on the trees. And then as soon as they enter that first cabin, um, seeking shelter from the rainstorm, mm-hmm. and they come across well that Phil comes across initially, that like straw, like idol thing. Yeah. And immediately he doesn't even hesitate. He's just like, that's witchcraft. (laughs) He's just staring at it like, that's witchcraft. They're like, what? Like that's witchcraft. And it's like the second anyone decides that what they see is witchcraft, that's time to, I don't care if it's raining and pitch black, you head back the way you came. You all, you get a rope, you all hold on to that rope so you can't get separated and you hike back out the way you came. I know, hey. You do not stay the night in that well, house. Well, even um, Luke, by the time they get settled in the cabin and they're all like around their little fire or whatever, he's yeah. like, so you guys, um, let's just go back the way we came tomorrow. Yeah. But honestly, at this point, it's too late for them, hey. I feel like they've already been ensnared, so to speak. I feel like if they would have left that night, then maybe they could have been warned off and made it back out. I mean, obviously this is a movie, but it's like, 
I feel like I they were almost think, given a chance. Well, I honestly then. think they were doomed from the time they saw that dead uh, buck in the right. tree. Right. So, so of course, that's the first thing they see, and True. everyone watching who has whose watch will know, right? Like they come into the woods very quickly, enter, and they they find yeah the the elk that's been disemboweled, strung up in the tree, mm-hmm. and they're speculating like. Can, can bears do that? It's Is this like, the part of the nature man, documentary? Man, once you're asking don't yourself you? <laughs> if bears can can lift a full fully grown elk twenty five feet up in a tree, then mm-hmm. it's time to turn around. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny too because there there's another interesting scene I found that was quite. It was almost as if they were trying to make light of their situation. It wasn't dire by any point by this point because they had literally just entered the woods and they all gather around for a selfie. And right. they, they take the photo. That's yeah. right before they find the, the buck too. Right. And it's almost like that's the last snapshot. Like obviously no one will ever find that camera probably. Oh, well, the next victims might come the, across The it. next victims, exactly like how they did, right? With right. The, the tent and the driver's license and even the VW van they find. Like that for me was the first red flag. The VW why is van. there yeah, why is that? Yeah, there? the abandoned. Yeah, it's, it's sweet. Very find, haunting though. imagery. American right? Pickers would have been stoked to find oh, that. Oh, they would have been just all over yeah. that. I don't know how you're gonna get it home from remote Swedish mountains, but you know. <laughs> But okay, if I could ask you then, going back to this, it's like, what, what, at what point along them entering into the woods and, you know, clearly getting into a sticky situation here, did you become the most like disturbed, I guess, or where you were like, okay, here's the turning point after they see that elk, I guess. I mean, obviously it's the nightmares in, in the house, the but nightmares? like to you, what scared you? Like what, what, what got you, your heart jumping earliest? Oof. Well, you know, obviously you kind of get a bit of a scare seeing that buck. But for me, it was it was that scene in the first night in the cabin when he wakes up and all you see is a blinding light emanating from outside. And it didn't like scare me, like, like, you know, like jumping on my bones, but just it's eerie right and so that's what this movie was really good at doing it was good at making you feel unsettled and just feel like you got goose pimples the entire time because of the music mostly i feel like the score and just like the soundtrack was just it was good brilliant it was very it had that mix of like the low horns and then it had the the drum beat that was really low too in the back the steady drum rhythm and that to me was the most effective in building that sense of terror or or even building a sense of impending doom because i feel like after after hodge or hutch or whatever his name is he gets offed that's kind of the point where i feel like everyone lost hope and especially phil like there's that one scene where he like falls down they're they're trying to climb up a ridge the three of them, the three remaining <laughs> survivors. Right. And, uh, and then he ends up falling down and then he just like, honestly, he kind of just gives up and closes his eyes. And then there's this scene where he just, or this moment where he, he feel the creature came for him is what he thought. And yeah. then it's just, it's Luke just Luke. Touching him on the shoulder. Yeah. And he's just like, the look on his face though, is just like, just let it be over. Just <laughs> like, like constant panic. Exactly. Yeah. Like they're, they're at the point of exhaustion by that point in the film. But getting back to what you were asking me, though, like, yeah, like, what was most effective, what terrified me the most was 
that first scene, the first night when everyone wakes up, there's a, there is a really quick transition, um, that's employed at multiple times in the movie between transitioning between, um, night and day or day to night where it happens almost instantly. Right. And that was one of those scenes, right? Where it's pitch black and he ends up getting sucked into his, um, his own delusion, right? Of his own nightmare, which was super effective too. I thought they did a really good job, especially the, the fluorescent lights. How it was kind of like, Like, um, uh, flickering. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very ominous there. But you know what I loved about that part too? It's like, yeah, he, 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 there's the blinding light. He walks out the front door. He's in the convenience store mm-hmm. again, right? But then when the when the uh, hallucination or the whatever is done and the creature is finished with messing with him for that moment and the shelving of what he's seen mm-hmm. just like gets sucked into like a black hole in front of him. And then right. he's like, and then it's almost like he, he wasn't breathing that whole time. So it's like mm. he, he has this huge gasp when that happens. So it's like his whole world that he sees in front of him gets sucked into that black hole. And then he's like, <gasps> like as if he hadn't been That's breathing the most... for the entire nightmare. And then he looks oh, down yeah. and he's got like the slow, like the blood slowly forming on his shirt from that, from the mm. mark. That's interesting oh, too. The way that you describe that as it almost being sucked into a black hole. Because for me, what I was kind of thinking was it gets the the vision or the delusion gets sucked away with the creature exiting it, yeah. and you even get that tiny rustle of the the branch as as he opens his eyes and realizes he's looking at the forest oh there's the rustle of the branch and several trees snapped in half like where clearly a freaking 40 foot tall monstrosity just mm-hmm. left in a split second yeah but it's just <laughs> gone gone terrifying <laughs> we're just looking like, yeah <laughs> could you imagine if that happened to you we're in a heavily wooded area right now and i'm like kind well, we're of staying out inside now. tonight that's for but, sure but inside isn't safe either. i tweeted this i tweeted this right after we watched this movie a little while back to the first time i was like look if you're ever if you're hiking anywhere like whether you believe in mythical ancient gods or not like bring more than just a walking stick with you people you know Pat what i'm saying cats. like yeah seriously like if you can depending on what state you're in or whatever like I get it, I get it. I I'm not going gun. into I'm not going to remote Sweden without no excessive that's weaponry. <laughs> None of them seem to have anything on them. There's I think there's one like hatchet or well, one of knife. Of course, they're not expecting to run into this. But still, man, there's bears in Scandinavia. There's yeah. there's all sorts of crazy stuff. Well, Who knows what you're gonna run they into? Just stuck to the path, right? There's bugs. So I, I I have to say that I would agree with you. Like the tone of the film is really set with that first night. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, there's a sense of, yeah, of basically, I feel like the sense of hopelessness was right after that night because yeah. it, Luke can kind of tell the second they make the decision that they're not going to back retrace their steps and go back the way they came that the look on his face is like, he's not sure if they're going to make it back. And then Dom right? kind of Dom dooms them all pretty much <laughs> by being an idiot and saying, Oh, path of civilization, civilization's good. We're going that way. It's like, um, buddy, it's like, dude, you were just in a house. That's an indication of civilization. And that yeah. was not a good night. No terrible night. Exactly. And of course you're given that, uh, that vibe from Hutch or Hodge too, mm. because he's the leader. He's the one who knows he's obviously been hiking before and things like this, right? He's kind of like running the show yeah. and he's cracking jokes like trying to the be night before being like, Oh, like, you know, maybe someone's going to get like laid tonight or whatever. Like some make some joke like, like that. But then he kind of like looks to the side and the only one who's watching him is Luke. And Luke is the only one who knows that what he's saying is basically total 
Yeah. He's, he's, he's trying to be positive, but he's not that confident. So that's an interesting point too, right? As far as characters go and character development, I feel like there's a clear divide between Luke and the remain, like the group. And then there's also a divide between, um, Luke and Hodge and then the two others, right? The, the weak links, you can kind of describe them as they're always visually weaker. They're always trailing behind. And I don't want to say like too much about Phil, but to be honest, Phil was kind of the most useless character. The only thing that he's good for is he obviously, well, anyone could have found the idol thing originally. That doesn't matter. But then he's the one that questions it. It's like, excuse me, guys, are we going to talk about this? Because some weird shit just happened. Yeah. Yeah. So like I found his character to be effective for that, but I thought there was going to be more development with Phil. And I was kind of thinking that he was going to be marked by the beast or by the ma- the dark magic and maybe could have um, become a demon himself was kind of what I was thinking because okay. he looked so ashen. He looked so, mm. he almost looked sick the next day. Oh, and, yeah. and I was just like thinking to myself like, oh, he's going to be the first one down. Like he's going to do some crazy shit. But no, oh. he ended up just. How awesome was that scene though when they, when they, where they're like, where's Phil? Where's Phil? And then they hear that kind of like creaking of the floorboards upstairs and they're like, uh, they rush up to see him and he's holding his wrist. When I first, when I first saw that scene, I thought he might've like cut his, like he might've like killed him, like was committing suicide. He was holding his wrist and like praying to the thing. And it looked at almost like he had slit his wrists, which would have been pretty intense. He was holding his wrist. He was like kneeling down like this, like doing this very weird kind of like half holding his wrist and his hand up in the air like this. And Luke's just like, what you doing, Phil? What you doing, mate? Like he's completely <laughs> naked too. Yeah. So he's like, how else would you respond to that? I'd be like, he doesn't want to touch him either. He's just kind no. of in the doorway, like, uh, Phil. He's <laughs> shining the light. What you doing? Like, yeah. And then he wakes up and he's like, what? And what am like, I doing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, like. I don't know. He's like, what's going on? Luke's just like, I have no explanation for you. Like, mm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the one thing I would have really appreciated it was more visuals from the nightmares of the others. Like, I know he was focusing on Luke for specific reasons. Um, but it would have been nice to know because even if I thought it was a tad ambiguous, like you brought up the fact that you thought maybe Dom's dream was actually, um, a vision of what was to come later for him as far as Gail, his wife and how he was screaming out for me. I initially interpreted that as, um, he was screaming out Gail because his worst nightmare would be either a Gail leaving him or B something terrible happening to Gail. And I didn't really put two and two together, but I thought that was a really unique interpretation that you had where it was like essentially like, oh no, like he was, he was reliving exactly what was going to happen to him. It was like a premonition. Yeah. Like I called it and then it ended up being the thing. I was pretty happy with myself with that because <laughs> <laughs> then he's sitting there and of course that's what he says to Luke, right? He's like, yeah. I never told you about my dream yeah. whatever. And we're jumping all over the place for this movie, but of course you guys have seen it. Um, if you have Netflix, of course, and mm-hmm. we hope you guys have seen it. We're not <laughs> but, really good at chronology. Um, well, I mean, when when people have already watched the film, it's kind of cool to jump back and forth and we're talking just about all of it. Definitely. But um, yeah, I guess, okay, there's so, a few other, okay, you go ahead, because there's a few elements I want to get into, but there's, I know there's other stuff we oh, want to cover well, first. If, so. you got, if you got something popping in your mind, I was just going to go through like a kind of a chronology, right? So, okay, we've discussed them at the bar. We've discussed the scene where um, Rob dies. We've discussed those sort of transitions um, leading up to all the way up to the night 
or sorry, the morning after the night in the cabin. Right. Is kind of where we got to. And yeah. we did mention the fact that Hodge dies because he dies pretty fast after that. It was a quick moving movie. That was, a, yeah, and that was an intense scene too, right? So they take that path that Dom decides right. is just whatever. This is our only option. Let's just head down this. Hopefully we'll find some civilization. They That's got to be the most disheartening thing in the world. When you get to the end of that next day and they're literally like, he like, um, I can't remember which character says it. It's either Dom or Phil when they look up and they're like, it's starting to get dark again. Like, and they know like, what well, we're not making it to the lodge again tonight. No. And Phil is just choked. Like and the look it, in yeah. his face and he just like throws down his like hat or jacket mm-hmm. or whatever he had on. And he's just like, you guys are spending another night in the woods yeah. and you have no idea where you are. No idea. And you're even further away from where you said you were registered and where you said you were going to be hiking. So yeah. no one's going to be looking for you in no. that area. Not to mention that the locals presumably would have an, some knowledge of not going in, how you should Perhaps. never go in that woods. Exactly. You'd think. They'd have, yeah, exactly. And added to that is the sense of doom um, that comes about from the fact that all day they were not traveling in the direction that they were supposed to be traveling. They were just trying to follow the stupid path. Right. The path that ultimately leads them to a civilization that they don't want to be a part of. No, (laughs) no, definitely not. Be careful. And of course, this is the part, I mean, well, just before the scene where they kind of go down for the night when they end up losing Hutch is when you have this confrontation between (sighs) Dom and Luke. Yeah. uh, Where basically it all, you you could see it, you could see the writing on the wall from the very beginning. Exactly. Where basically... Dom feels that Luke is the one responsible for Robert's exactly. death. Exactly. He thought he was a coward. Um, and I've got a bone to pick with that. And mm-hmm. I said that mm-hmm. when we were watching the movie. And I'm like, I'm not saying, like, don't defend your friends if mm-hmm. they're in danger and, like, things like that. But I just feel like, obviously, that is such a dick thing to, to believe about your friend. Like It you, is, Like, yeah. a, a friend of yours witnessed another friend from the group mercilessly slaughtered by two armed men, one mm-hmm. with a machete, the other with a baseball bat, and you are going to criticize that friend for not basically being Captain America and well, saving the day. That's you know what one I mean? way it's to like look you, at it, too. But there's the other where, if you really want to get into it, if you... Because he even says right out, he's like, I do not value your opinion, Luke. I do not care what you think. Right. Um, so you could even interpret that as like an even more deep-seated um, disrespect where he ultimately believes that Luke has never grown up. And that is obviously evident after they leave the pub and Luke wants to continue the night by buying more booze and no one else wants to really join him. Right. And he ends up going through his friends be like hey are you coming are you coming are you coming he looks at rob and rob's like all right let's go right and so rob is down and so ultimately maybe um he's could, blaming him because of dom that. would blame him because he's like we should never you should never have gone in there in the first place should never have been there should never have happened but at the same time it's like um excuse me like you said it before too a wedding ring or the rest of your life. Yeah. Like the wedding ring is a symbol of the rest of your life with that person. You're an idiot. You can buy another ring. <laughs> I'm you sorry. You buy I'm another sorry. life. If you've got somebody threatening to cut your face with a machete at, over a wedding ring and you refuse, you deserve to get your face cut with a machete. I'm sorry. Because well, that is really just, stupid. It's really vain. That is really, 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 it's really stupid. It's stupidly sentimental. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It's a ring. <laughs> would you rather be alive or would you rather have a ring? It's very simple. It's very, <laughs> would very rather, simple. Would you rather see your wife again or would you rather her bury you with the ring on? Even right. though they do take the ring in the end, I think. Anyway. So I was a little bit rubbed the wrong way by uh, Dom. Right. Uh, because, so that whole antagonism there, that's yeah. kind of a... Ugh. It's like I... Grinds your gears, man. But the obviously it, it works really well for the plot line. It though, does. Obviously, right? Because it tees up Luke to be... to redeem himself, which... 
you or could to argue you could argue try. he does or he does or to try to redeem himself, yeah. right? And Hutch is teeing him up for that the whole way along, right? Like the night before Hutch gets Hodge, dra- I think it is. Hodge, I think it's Hodge, Hodge whatever. The night before he gets dragged into the woods by the thing, he goes over to Luke and is like, you know, you're the strongest. I think uh, tomorrow you should probably try to go southwest, just get back, get some get some help, and then come back. And you can see the look on Luke's face where he's just like, yeah, you're, this is a handout. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're, oh, you're, I'm the one who needs to save the day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it, yeah. It was almost but then they immediately, they're like, we're all staying in the woods here by ourselves. Like, yeah. <laughs> screw that. Yeah. And then, of course, you get that same vision again from Luke with the of the convenience store. And then this is what the... I, okay, this is what was really effective to me about the film, too, is they're always separated before they realize what horrible things have gone on. Mm-hmm. So the same thing happened in the in the scene in the cabin. Luke has been drawn out into the woods. He sees the blood on his shirt. And then all, he, all of a sudden, he just hears these just horrible screams coming from the cabin he rushes back in to see what's up and it was the same thing yeah on their second night in yeah. the woods they he's he wakes back up again he's like what's going on next thing you know like phil like the cries from right. phil it's just like though that that's gut-wrenching <laughs> like they did horrible. a really effective the, the acting was superb yeah. i thought i thought they did a really really effective job of portraying a group of long lost friends so to speak you know that have kind of gone their separate ways and now mm-hmm. they're reunited and and there's definitely a lot of tension right yeah tension all over and uh, yeah no i yeah the the overriding one is obviously between Dom and Luke. It's a little bit more ambiguous um, what Phil thinks of the whole situation, but I feel like he secretly sides with Dom. I think so. Yeah, and then and then there is moments where it's almost as if because like Hodge is the one that tells Dom to shut up because yeah. he's like just no, but yeah. at the same time it's almost as if he's like he's been privy to those conversations too. Oh, of course. So it's yeah. kind of like this really awkward like yeah whatever and they're all just there for rob and rob's not there (laughs) it's like god rob why why like "Mm." yeah but anyways i think we should talk about the creature i think i was just gonna say the same Mm -hmm. thing because this is obviously the most important part of the movie and like i said i was kind of tricked the first time i thought it was going to be like witchcraft occult Mm -hmm. and then it ends up being though it sort of is because you get those weird like voodoo-esque doll things in the upper upper reaches of the society and they're alive yeah. Okay. So, okay. So let's just get to that. So, yeah. so they're all dead now. Phil's been dr- dragged away. The only mm-hmm. two left are Dom and Luke and, and they, they find their way. They just <laughs> fall right into the trap. Right. They fall, they end up, they end up trying to escape the creature and they end up on a path that's lit with flame. Just following the breadcrumbs. Following like. the breadcrumbs. Now I, I, I gotta say, it's very interesting where the story goes from here, where they're basically, they're taken prisoner. Clearly, they think they're both going to be sacrificed, where it ends up just being Dom as the one who's going to be sacrificed. Mm -hmm. But it's just like... He's marked out. The idea of a... It is a cult, because it's like this, this... this select, Once you're this in, select you can't group. leave. Yeah, this select group in the middle of the woods. Mm-hmm. But the comment that the one girl makes who can speak English, where she's like, finally, we finally get an idea of what the heck this thing is. And it's like, it's a god ancient, one of the Uten. Mm-hmm. But it, she says that it allows them to live beyond normal life. Mm-hmm. So that's a... With weird, no pain. That's an interesting kind of paranormal aspect to this, right? It's like, it's this ancient God, but then they're living in this microcosm of the woods where it's like, how old are these people? Are they hundreds of years old? Exactly. You don't know. Are they timeless? Another thing too, that was kind of interesting because ultimately Luke 
is singled out. He's chosen to become one. He's chosen by the creature, right? I feel like that wound he gets the first night is that the mark of the beast, yeah. which means that he is spared. Right. Because um, I feel like there's several opportunities where the creature could have taken him and, and slaughtered him too, but just didn't. Right. And um, it makes me wonder though, like how these people ended up here, because if Phil is like hypothetically going to be inducted into this cult, like where did everyone else come from? Were they singled out too from past, like, you know, um, hiking experiences or, or family vacations, camping, that type of well, thing? that's just it. It's like, and then she makes that comment. It's like, you have no idea. Yeah. Past hiking expeditions when freaking a thousand years ago, like before. Like what right? about you the VW I mean? like, van and the family of the tent that they find? Like, did one of them make it into the group too? You know what I mean? Like, is there one from every group? Well, that's another question too, right? It's like, what is the, why, why was Luke selected? And the only reason that I could come up with this was because he was living with this guilt that was very perceptible to evil. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why his vision was of the convenience store over and over and over again. It was like, it was drawn to him because of his darkness Mm. and, uh, and the way, and his, you know, his, the pit of despair that he was living in while they were on that trip, right? Like feeling so guilty and knowing that all the people around you are blaming you essentially And maybe for it. perhaps it kind of would um, hone in on that and think that maybe he doesn't want to go back to society. Maybe he's more open to an alternative. <laughs> an alternative of worshiping too, right? God. Hey, the idea that these people rely on sacrificial offerings to this monster in order to maintain their mode of life. How many times a year do people actually stumble into these woods? It seems like there's a lot going on. Wouldn't they take a group like this group where there's four people? Keep them they all. Know, exactly, right? Corral them. Keep yeah. them like cattle until, you know, you can sacrifice kinda... them later. Save it for later. No, for, totally. Inevitably, like the beast got to a few of them first, but it's like, you would think they'd have more outposts. There'd be more people out scouting in the woods, like looking for people. You know, it's funny. It's almost like it didn't even seem to be like a thing where you could, you know, do that though, because it didn't, it wasn't even really a sacrifice when you think about it. It's like, so Dom's there and all of a sudden his dream that he described to Luke is coming to a head again. Right, Luke can vision. hear him yelling, Gale, Gale, Gale. So he knows, it's oh crap. Just, it's another hallucination. Here's the time, you mm-hmm. know, right? But all the creature does, and this is so awesome, my favorite part of the movie, because you actually get to see the beast, and I love how they mm. save it all the way till the end, right? They, they do. Don't, which is so cool. But it, it doesn't, it's not like it eats them or anything, right? No. It doesn't rip them in half. It doesn't, like, drink the blood. It doesn't just take the head. Or it, it doesn't it just, even disembowel them. It just them, like, picks him up, and it's almost like it is gaining sustenance off of his sheer terror. It's like those creepy hands wrapped around his head as it's yeah. holding him up by the head. And it's got the eyes, right? The eyes become yeah. visible. It's these glowing and like the yellow look on eyes. His face is on, on Dom's face is just awesome. Yeah. And then, of course, it just spears him onto a branch. Yeah. And that's it. It's just a trophy in the trees. It is. And, they, and they even so just bizarre. say, like, we don't remove the bodies. Right. They just stay there. How, we don't even see any other bodies. So, like, are there, like, hundreds of these bodies in the trees? Like... What's yeah, going presumably. On there? Well, you, you you can see a couple of them, like Dom's on the cross-like thing or whatever. And he looks up, and you can see these faint kind of objects oh, in the trees okay. of some of the bodies, but not I didn't like, even not like that. hundreds of them, right? But like the bodies. Mm. And then the girl makes the comment that like we don't remove yeah. the bodies from yeah, the trees they don't or whatever. Touch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, so now we're at the point where basically Luke is by himself. He decides he's going to escape. He ends up breaking his thumb. Um, in order to get out of the, the, the ropes. Yeah. And he, <laughs> one of my favorite parts and your favorite parts oh, too yeah. is when he punches that stupid lady. Oh yeah. Then, like, <laughs> she comes back around the corner of this old lady. Just it's just, like, it's just like this moment where he's just like, 
Yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what else do you do in that situation? Oh, man. I mean, I, I don't want anyone so to take good. this the wrong way, but it's like, there's something that would be so satisfying about that. It's not like I sit around craving about punching old ladies in the face or anything, but it's oh, like but in that scenario, man, would that feel good? You just wind up and just boom. That and she's be, just down. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. She did, that's, that's the last you see from her the whole movie. No, just actually like, that you do see her again. You do? Yeah, you oh, do. Okay. She ends up getting, um, take like Consumed. picked up no she ends up getting picked up by the creature and he has her it almost looks like tusks but it's actually hands it looks like a huge gigantic bony like crazy mammoth thing almost from a sort distance of, from a distance but then yeah. it's obviously more caribou like we keep calling it he it i don't know <laughs> and uh and i thought it was really effing creepy how essentially that idol that they found it is the top, it's almost as if a human body is inserted where the head of an elk should be without the, the head of the human. And instead it's just like its chest cavity has been opened up into this huge crevasse thing that has this sort of these face two, slash mouth or maybe, I don't even know what it is just in there. these two eyes is all you can really the see. The two glowing yellow eyes. Yeah. And then the roar of like a monster. Yeah. I, like a mammoth roar. That's what it reminds very me. Very much. Something like With the like huge, that. huge like bones sticking out of its back. Like right. I loved. That was one of my favorite visuals. Was the scene where Phil ends up burning the Luke. entire? Or sorry, I, I always he <laughs> looks like a Phil to me. Anyway, <laughs> Luke he burns down the whole village, and you just get that shot of the creature slowly in front just like mourning the loss of everything inside because like i'm not sure how those other creature things that's just it there was there was other paranormal aspects that didn't fully get played out but like i don't think that's a bad thing but yeah luke burns down the building by lighting on fire these straw body like things yeah they're like half straw and half other stuff though like they actually almost look like shrunken heads. You know what I'm thinking too? Because there's very, um, there's a lot of chanting that Luke hears from the other room is yeah. where he's imprisoned, and it sounds. Oh shoot! I actually had it written down what it sounded like. It's. Oh, can you find it there? I don't know if I can find it, but it's like this uh, bow to Uton. Bow to Uton is Uten. is the in a demonic sort of. Um, phrase like you know it sounds like they're all under demonic like um right like a trance of some kind but that what if those dummy things were a part of the ceremony right of like the the the, um preparing of the sacrificial offering and that's why they were almost like in between like alive and dead like when luke's in there and there's like movement yeah because obviously they're op- like where they're located are those in the forest is like, are messed those, up are those the like previous humans that are so so ancient that that's the okay. state that they've become and and okay that's another yeah that's, another that's interesting yeah that's a, possibilities. <laughs> that's a crazy way another to thing too it. that i have a question about sorry we're like <laughs> we're just like i love this movie so much but so much to talk about why did they have to like prepare Dom? Like they take him out, they beat him up, they scare the shit out of him, like and have this this yeah. whole ceremony. But you then he comes back. Yeah, you don't know what they've done to him. It's like clearly that you'd think there would be some sort of a cleansing or something, but really they're just kind of beat up on they him. They literally it like, like, he, comes he comes back with back. like two black eyes yeah, and he's all it's like just... kind of bloody and that was kind of strange. 
I guess if I had bones to pick with this movie, that would maybe be one of them. Mm-hmm. It didn't get played out any more than that. And also, I just thought it would be would have okay. Actually, three things. Mm-hmm. I also thought it would have been more effective if the the young blonde girl who knows a few English words really only knew a few English words. <laughs> you made because, that comment. You're like, does she have like Rosetta Stone or something? Well, it's just like that. All this happens all Duolingo? the time. <laughs> this happens all the time in Hollywood movies, right? Like yeah. where it's horror, and then you know you're supposed to, yeah They're you're not supposed to be speaking. English and next thing you know you're having a full conversation with somebody in a German castle or something weird like that right I thought it would have been way more effective if she did know a couple of words but she would have just said like kneeled down to him and just been like God Mm -hmm. ancient Uten or something Mm -hmm. like just three words you know what I mean and then like he can kind of surmise from there like what he's dealing with Mm -hmm. instead of her describing it all to him in full Okay, because you sort of picked up on something that I didn't you thought that she said at the very end of that exchange that mm-hmm. it's the bastard son of Loki. I f- swear that's what she said. And we forgot, we watched it twice and we never went back the third time oh, to triple check that. Because I never I am 99.99% sure that's how she describes this thing. That it's a god, ancient, one of the Uten, bastard son of Loki. Which of course is the trickster deity of Norse right. mythology, mm-hmm. um, with questionable origins. Apparently, I thought he was Thor's brother, but they just made him into no, his brother for the Hollywood for the story. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's so funny too. Like we go to Google around for some stuff, uh, you know, about the film itself, and also just looking into like the Uten and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like you type in Uten and Loki. You got to dig deep to find anything that's not Marvel and related. And it's not. It's like. <laughs> I actually like, I actually ended up looking up the spelling U-T-I-N as, as opposed to like Jotan, like J-O-T-U-N-N. And um, let's just say it's a euphemism for a male body part. Oh. <laughs> not the same thing. Yeah. No, right. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. No phallic objects were getting these guys out of this situation here. That's for sure. No. Um, I uh, guess. Uh, I'm. Well, I'm did you have any other thoughts on this that you thought like you wanted to bring up like favorite moments or anything we like that touched on a lot of, we did i honestly yeah the, the cinematography i thought was excellent i really liked the way that the woods were shot it was it definitely had this um pervasive sense of just doom and terror yeah and it was very um what's the word i'm looking for it was very um just like straight across the board like right. it was the same the whole time right. okay. it was consistent consistent yes yeah, it was consistent sure. and it was building and they did that effectively through like i said like the music the film yeah. soundtrack the only thing i think maybe they could have added a few more audio effects for were the moments where uh like those scenes you described at the beginning where the camera angle was like just straight on the really dense trees and then it's the four of them kind of coming through the mm-hmm, trees mm-hmm. maybe they could have had almost like the witch-esque um not wailing, oh, that old but woman? like the something really uh something unsettling from that angle because there was uh... nothing in that scene it was just the woods which i think is effective too also i thought it would have been effective to use that when phil is kind of peeking out the door when they're in the cabin that mm. first night he's like i swear i heard something out there and they're like oh yeah we're not the only hodge is like oh we're not the only animals in the wood lukey or whatever mm. and he's just looking at him it's like that was not an animal no. he's peeking out the window and all it is is just the rain Right. I feel like it would have been effective to have the rain and also like the, like that kind of under underlying wailing. We did just watch the witch recently. So I'm totally biased with that wailing (laughs) ominous sounds. It's like awesome. Okay. The one other thing I would have wanted added, um, was at the very, very beginning before even the pub scene where all the friends got together. I thought it would have been a really good idea to have a sort of, um, 
a grounding scene of Luke's character. The way that I see it in my head is like he could have woken up um, that morning, uh, looks over groggily at the alarm clock, which never went off or something because he doesn't have a job to go through. Like, you know, like maybe something to kind of implicate him as like not as responsible or as together as the rest of his friends. And then perhaps like maybe he's even waking up to the fact that he's getting um, like a voicemail or something like reminding him to meet his friends at the pub. Like, you know what I mean? Like, something to kind of allude to the fact that he doesn't really have a shit together. And, like, he, like okay. even even if you just saw his living arrangements where it's like, oh, like, maybe it's like a bachelor pad where it's not really, you know, it's kind of, it's not the nicest place or it's not the neatest place or there's no presence of a woman or a child. Like, you know, like there's no family or anything yet. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still kind of, like, in those sort of um, years of, like, the formative years, right? Where he's still trying to figure himself out kind of thing as opposed to where everyone else in his crew is... is together and has families kids yeah. wives that type of thing i could see that i, I, I could agree with I could that see, yeah I think it's not necessary though i'm just saying like that could have been a potential deleted scene <laughs> yeah something to kind of add more to the fact that he is the central character right well i mean i'm i'm certainly i mean he he, he had to be the one that makes it out obviously True. did you like the ending yes i did really like the ending i thought it was very well done the way they went from start to finish where you see um, Rob on the ground, face down, dying um, in the very initial scenes in the movie. Yeah. And then at the very end, you see the exact same imagery with Luke on the ground with the beast on his head, right? Forcing like him forcing down. him down to, to kneel. To worship. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought that was so brilliant, the way that he kind of looks over and sees the vision of his friend dying exactly the way he's positioned. But then right in front is the the blade. The, yeah whatever the hatchet or whatever it was which we were talking about the other day we're like he wasn't carrying that that was just very conveniently placed and my rationale for yeah. that was like oh well they were cutting those little uh you know niches in the stumps so they could light them on fire for their freaky deaky pathway kind of thing and maybe it got left out there mm-hmm. right place right time mm-hmm. the cool thing about that scene was like the it showed that this creature they're dealing with is in between god and and moral and something, of, yeah. you know, a physical entity that we didn't can see be it harmed. bleed, but we saw it like. But it stumped. squealed, and you know, mm-hmm. and and it was in, clearly perturbed. <laughs> it yeah. was injured, you know, moderately or whatever. And then he runs just past the woods, and it can't follow him. That mm-hmm. I find very interesting and spooky too, because it's like, I mean, do you guys out there listening that I mean believe that any places like this can exist? Not where necessarily ancient Norse gods are you know, like dead zones or like zones where time stands still or something. Yeah. Like or? zones where, where just where, where things can exist that can't leave. Yeah. Cause the, you know that I mean? was like, its, its perimeter was the edge of the woods. Yeah. It could not follow him. I, I am honestly, I'm down the rabbit hole with Norse mythology after this movie and Inuit mythology and all that kind of stuff. Ooh, yeah. There's some, uh, there's some really cool, cool things out there. And it's just like, the Yuten, I love that word. Yeah. Um, the idea of ancient gods being real is just the coolest thing in the world to me. It's very Cthulhu. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yes. If I had to think of one similar creature, too, to the monster that... Because uh, they, it was an amalgamation. Like, when we looked into it, it's like when they were coming up with what they wanted this monster to be, it was kind of a hodgepodge. Mm-hmm. But if you guys have never heard of this creature um, called the Idjarak, it's a, it's a, it's like a monster slash creature of Inuit mythology very similar though like um elk legs something on all fours but that also has like the arms of a human Mm -hmm. um super creepy man super creepy but i honestly like lots of people kind of were 
iffy about this movie. Like some mm-hmm. people loved it, some people didn't. Honestly, like I'm giving it, I'm giving it a five star. Like I, I loved it. It's in my top five favorite thriller slash horror movies I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Okay. I don't know if I give it like five out of five, but it's very it's four point nine. It's like I'll give it an A. Sure. It, or I'll give it an A minus. Eighty four percent. Eighty four. No, I'd give it like a ninety. I don't know. But no, yeah, I, I honestly I'd recommend it to people that um, love a good scare and love a good like creature like you yeah. know what i mean it goes beyond just um the horror and and more just into the, the supernatural ancient supernatural things man is the coolest thing in the world gets the wheels turning in oh, the yeah. brain here yeah so that's our take that's our take on the ritual mm. let us know what you guys think um let us know what you think about the idea of i don't know maybe some of these things being based on possible truth you know this is into the portal so we always like to explore those rabbit <laughs> holes and i believe that there's Definitely things out there that we can't explain, obviously. Whether or not it's mm-hmm. ancient gods or not, I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully there's some listeners from Sweden that can... Uh, you can reach out to us uh, with your take on this movie at into the portal mailbox at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Reach out to us on our socials. Um, we're active on Twitter. We've got a Facebook forum group that's really active and really yeah, fun. Super fun. Uh, obviously, Instagram's up there as well, Into the Portal Podcast. So, yeah, come check us out. Um, join in, and we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, do we know what we're doing next week for our film? Or will we announce oh, that? Oh, actually, we are hoping to do Hereditary. Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So I know that one is available on YouTube for rent. And Tony Collette, man. I yeah. love that lady. Love so her. make sure you guys go check out the movie Hereditary and uh, be prepped up for next week. Mm-hmm. And uh, until uh, Sunday, we'll yes. see you guys then. Mm-hmm.